Let's sit. Let's learn. Let's evolve. Let's talk. No more whispering in our mind. Today you're listening to Let's Talk Black Excellence, bringing you big laughs and inspiring stories of black excellence from around the country. And in this, the 20th year of Let's Talk, this is your host, David Williams. Yes, you are tuned to Let's Talk Black Excellence. The first one of the year. Happy 2024 to all of our listeners out there. I'm your host, David Williams. I'm a proud Waka Waka man. And as a matter of protocol, I would like to acknowledge country, acknowledge the lands of where we're broadcasting from here in the studios in West End, the knowledge holders, our elders, both past and present and uh, to the lands on which this is going out to, wherever you are tuned in around this big, beautiful nation of ours or tuned in online. Well, my guest today is somebody who many would be familiar with. She's someone who I've had the good fortune of knowing for, for a good number of years and, and she's known members of my family as well for, for a long time as well. We have in our studio today, Aunty Nancy Bamigar. She's the managing Director of Bamiga Productions is involved in a wide range of different advisory groups. Quigoma, Queensland Art Gallery and Gallery of Modern Art, um, Queensland Museum, Tourism Events Queensland, and many, many more, and has done for, for many, many years. She's been a, a, a great colleague of mine and, and support whenever I need to, to reach out to get any, uh, you know, advice, particularly around Torres Strait, um, being based here in Brisbane. Has been deadly, but welcome to the program, Annie Nancy. Okay, thank you. And um, it's such a privilege to be here today in this beautiful studio where we're broadcasting from. This is the first time I've been in here, so just to even talk about this history of this organisation, the founding members, how inspirational were they? I, you know, just been privileged to be here in Brisbane at such a time when change was happening. And we'll get on to that a little, um, a little later, Annie Nancy, but as mm-hmm. we do on this program, um, can we start with your mob, your country, where you're from? Oh, of course. Well, I'm Saibai, I'm from Saibai Island. I belong to the Thabo Samu clan of Saibai. So we're up there on the top western part of the Torres Strait with the other top western islands, which is Duan and Beagle Island, our neighbours. And uh, however, I didn't grow up there. I grew up in Bamiga, where our community was at that time um, when I was born. And of course, we had to go to uh, Thursday Island to have, you know, for Mum to have me at that time. No. So yes, grew up up there at um, Bamiga State School, and uh, we had a, such a beautiful life. And uh, yeah, yeah, got really. Lots of fond memories of growing up in the Cape. Oh, that's deadly. And um, I've, of course, known you through it for a number of years, 20 years or so now, I think, um, 15, 20 years, primarily as, a, as an arts practitioner um, or working in the arts. Take us back to where it all started, Aunty Nancy, whether it was, ah. you know, it, it happened back at school or, yes. you know, after finding your way down to Brisbane. Yeah, yeah tell yeah. us where it all started for you. Well... For me, it was in Bamiga, and I think I was at grade six at the time. So I, um, like a lot of us, were brought up by, by my grandmother. And to me, it was those beautiful memories of living there and uh, having a carefree life and um, and with my mum and dad and uh, my um, siblings. Uh, and being born on Thursday Island, as I was just saying before, you know, back in the time, at that time, you had to be on curfew and get permits to go out. Uh, 
going to the hospital because that's where the nearest hospital was. And then come down, we relocated when the, all the work jobs run out at that time and we were allowed to leave Bamigan. Um, so Dad decided to come down with our other rallies uh, who were looking at jobs within um, sugarcane and the railway, of course, at that time, yeah. And then you eventually, obviously, found your way to Brisbane. Yes. Well, the, the, I think what happened to me was at that time, you know, come down to Brisbane and um, I was like, wow, this is just an amazing place. And uh, But I think for me it's actually started at school. When I went to Babinda High School and I was like thinking, where's all the black fellas? You know, there's only my brother and I in this class, you know. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I was looking around and coming from a black community, you know, and, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community and the being, you know, in the middle of um, Babinda High School, beautiful place, special place as well. And I think that's where I kind of like noticed some stuff. And, you know, we had other family members, of course, that lived there, which was really great. And then we had our C family there as well. And... Um, and it wasn't until I came down here to Brisbane, then I kind of like also noticed that difference, you know, and being from a, you know, from a regional remote community, then to being in Rubinda and then ending up down here. Because what had happened was, see, my dad passed away and he passed away in Rubinda. And um, of course, it was, um, a, you know, traumatic experience for all of us and within our, my family. Then my mum said to us, as soon as we finished year 10, sorry, you just have to leave now. Can you just go and I need to go and start working because now that your dad's not here, you just have to support your family, your siblings. And that's just how it was those days. And so we had to leave school. And then I came down here to Brisbane because we had already had family here that were already living down here and working down here. So she sent me down here to live with some family members, yeah. Now, Aunty Nancy, I want to uh, take you back to 1988. It was a significant event, I guess, well ahead of its time. I'm referring to the fashion show that existed that you, you put on in um, in the Queen Street Mall. Um, can you share with us a little bit about that? Yes. Look, that, that whole thing was started in Brisbane here. I was through um, Sandra King and uh, the business name at that time was Galenia. And uh, we went to a... Um, Audition for it. Well, you know, we all were all beautiful back then. <laughs> Still young. beautiful there, aren't you? And, you know, <laughs> just strutting our stuff and all that. And um, it was just an amazing opportunity. I think that was all about there for me, uh, being in that space at that time, like a lot of us, about finding out who we are and really it gave us a bit of grounding around that thing, around self-confidence and, uh, and being able to uh, do the fashion parades at that time. And uh, all those, um, the uh, the cohort that I was modelling at that time was there. Still, we still remain very good friends, and uh, we've been through a lot. And I think we just totally changed the whole NAIDOC scene. And here it was something really fantastic out of the blue. It was just amazing, you know. And you so like you would kind of like say we were at the right time, at the right, you know, at the right place. And Brisbane was so deadly back then, do you know? 
And it was really ahead of its time, wasn't it? When you're talking oh. about showcasing Aboriginal culture yes. in the mainstream of the of the, of the mall in Brisbane, yes. and, and the thing that I find really interesting about that is mm. I I was not aware of it. Um, this actually popped up later mm. on, and I only came across it a couple of years ago. But there's a clip that was floating around on social media where mm. uh, you were tagged, and and they had brother Dion Tadao in there as well. Oh yes. But also, it was my dad's younger sister, uh, Suen, Aunty Suen. Yes. My yes. auntie Sue Ann Williams, who was yes. in there as well. Um, yes. Because as a kid, I, I knew that she was involved in modelling and a mm-hmm. range of different, you know, kind of things like mm-hmm. that and dancing. and, yes. and um, But I didn't know that she was sharing the stage with you, Auntie Yes, Nancy. yes. Um, it was, um, you know, um, I think um, like the, the biggest event, you know, when NADA could happen, people would come to the Queen Street Mall and we would pack it out. <laughs> No, that's great because, I mean, it's only, I guess, in the last couple of years where you think about the, the yes. fashion scene in terms of showcasing yes. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander from a fashion perspective yes. has taken a while to, you know, get to a point where it is now. Yeah, look, it was way ahead of its time. You know, we had a couple of designers. Um, there was, uh, let me still see, um, there's Arthur Connell, a German prince, who was using his designs for leggings. Um, and then there was, of course, a... Uh, uh, Mr. Doyle there, we had some of his clothing, Calca print. Um, it was just, you know, we were way ahead of us, ahead of it. You know, Auntie Gloria Beckett had stuff and then was um, oh, uh, also um, Liz. Um, she was also doing some stuff, a lot of porcupine kind of earrings and all that. And this is the stuff that we used to sell at that shop, Aboriginal Creations. Well, that was going to be my next question I wanted to get on to because mm-hmm. when I first moved to Brisbane mm-hmm. and was involved with um, Bridget uh, Bridget over yeah. at... Um, yeah, right. It was first... Uh, what was the... The uh, thing first I'm, Australian business yeah. at the old Ann Street um, Gallery. That's right. And I I was made aware because I had, um, I think they had a relationship with the followers at, um, at South South Bank uh, with um, mm. with Aboriginal Creations. Yes. And I, I was aware of Aboriginal Creations as just, you know, kind of this retail shop. But it, it was much more bigger than that. There's oh such a big story goodness. to this. That and, and, is hate. And, and we've talked about this in the past, and I think there yeah. needs to be someone to do a documentary Look, on this because yes, it's such a different absolutely. story. Absolutely. So uh, share with us, yeah. Auntie Nancy, you know, Aboriginal uh, Creation. I, what was the time? You know, what was like, that time like? At that time, uh, Aboriginal Creation... For me, when I first looked into the window, I always used to walk past there and I looked in the window and they were like, oh, this is really interesting, this place. I would like to work here one day. And and at that time, and then I walked in there and they had a sticky week and I met, I met this guy called John Conroy who was the manager at the time. So he uh, saw me at, uh, at the fashion parade. But when I went in there, I was like, this, when I saw it, I went in there, this is the place I know straight away. This is the penny drop. This is the place where I know I can create change and, you know, and go on this journey with this community. And it was just to see our women working in there. And we had, as you might recall, we had the gallery, we had wholesale, we had retail, and we already had international visitors coming there and we were already selling stuff internationally as well. All the boomerangs and didgeridoos always used to go out the door with the, to the, uh, with the international visitors. And that mall in Queen Street uh, Mall didn't cotton on at that time. So I finally figured out, why are these international people going around to this shop? And, of course, when they come, and that's what, when they found out, 
oh, it's these artifacts. That's what it is. That's didgeridoo and those boomerangs. Do you know? We led the way. You know, we our people were suppliers back then. You know, we were traders from back in the day, you know. And this is the whole of Queensland. And at that time, we had to, you know, our mob, when talking about times of my grandfather and my dad, is that we had to be self-sufficient. So we had to supply the curious, as they were called then, all the way down to Aboriginal creation, starting at Sherbrooke. Of course, Sherbrooke was the main place where uh, it was, um, I guess, holding all the stuff there. And they were coming in from, uh, from Sherbrooke down to Brisbane. And... Um, it was just amazing things, you know, things that you cannot get this day. Uh, but you, we can do that now. So what we're doing is we're discovering there's a bit of a renaissance going on here, you know. Glory days coming back. <laughs> no, that's amazing, aren't you, Nancy? And, and I think, you know, when you first shared with me mm. what um, some of the stuff that you used to, to stock in, in there, I think that connection, particularly with Sherberg, is an interesting one because oh. there's so much history with, yes. obviously, you know, a lot of Sherberg mob yeah. and, and, and Brisbane, but, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that cottage industry that started, like, yes. you know, back in the day, it's, yes. it's, it's a pretty significant yes, one. absolutely, because they have to be self-sufficient in the communities, and this was the way... I guess the department at that time saw that here was an opportunity um, for uh, our people and um, to be self-sufficient in communities. And um, but there, other than you know driving cattle, you know, you know, my dad was a drover at that time. You know, they used to go down to Normanton and Dimitri around there with the cattle. But amazing times, you know, those kind of like very much the pioneer days for us. No, yeah. no, that's great. And uh, if you've just tuned, uh, tuned in, you are listening to AAA Murray Country. You are listening to a Let's Talk Like Excellence uh, with my deadly host uh, today, Auntie Nancy Bamiga. Um, we've just talked a little bit about Aboriginal creations that was here, um, the shop front in, in South Brisbane. I, I want to kind of move over to um, your work as, um, as an arts practitioner in the, I guess, um, performance space, having been involved around artist management and, and all the rest of it. I guess back to, let's go way back to, you know, 88 Expo. You were sharing with me earlier around, you know, that was kind of the early days of, of being involved yes. in that area. Can yes. you share with us, yeah, a little bit about your experience back then? Yeah, like I was saying, there was a, it was very much, you know, like, I was, you know, we were way ahead of our time. So at that time, they had Aboriginal dance group and Torres Strait dance groups being part of Expo 88. And one of those communities uh, that uh, I was, um, you know, members that I knew, family members they were, was from Boyugo Island, which was called at that time Malakiai Murabuai. And that's where they started, as did a lot of other um, traditional dance groups. And it's the first time ever that um, I think uh, for the international audience to see our people and, um, you know, asking who are they, where are they from, you know. And uh, I just remember we're just coming out of that whole thing around, um, you know, curfews and all that in terms of legislation, you know, where were we at that particular time? There was this part of this change that was happening. And with Aboriginal creations just touching on that, when I was working there, they used to march past the street, you know. Our mob used to march past the street. And I'm like, what is going on here, you know? And that one was about the land rights, you know. And there was that um, lot of our people that were... Uh, marching at that time, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about activism, and this first time I seen it, I was like, oh wow! And, and of course, um, the one that I actually joined at, joined at that time was the Black Deaths in Custody, the very first one. 
And I was like, I'm going to go. I want to be active. I want to make a difference. This is what I can do, you know. And they just joined in with Uncle Steve, Ma'am, and them were there. You know, we we're all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community members. We're doing, working together and doing stuff together, you know. That's deadly. And, you know, I guess it's that, um, that's up, particularly for my generation and the, and the generation after. It's really important for people to hear those stories, you know, in terms yes. of, you know, yes. we've just obviously recently had um, January 26 uh, yes. marches, but um, there's a big history to that, of course. And hearing those stories yes. is, is deadly. Yes. So, yeah, so, yeah, I think that's the first time I actually I didn't go to Invasion Day this year because it was so hot. And I'm not as young as I used to be. But <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I forgot, you know, I stayed at home, I, you know, at that time, yeah. That's why I always mm. say, Auntie Nancy, we need to change that day because if we're going to march, it's too, yeah, it's yeah. too hot to be marching yeah, on, yeah. in January, right? Yes, yes. But um, I'm just so love the energy right now. This is another change, you know. Look at all the patterns and stuff, things that have happened over those years. Where are we now? We're now in another surge of renaissance and revival. So from 1988 Expo in Brisbane, that was, you know, a lot of changes happening around the time. It was really, I guess, an opportunity for Brisbane to um, shake off that, you know, old country um, or big country city kind mm-hmm. of, you know, tag and and, yeah. and really... You know, there's a lot of change um, around that time. From 88 Expo going forward a number of years to uh, 2014 G20. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Look, hey, that was like a really important moment for me in terms of G20. And um, I got that gig uh, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I've got to quickly get up the, you know, some of our dance groups involved in this. We must have that because the other group that was performing was Vangara. And so I got Kotazuru and um, Nunaka Yagura at that time to come and perform. And, uh, of course, Obama was there. Oh, my goodness. We were there behind that curtain looking through there. Hey, there's Obama there. He's at the front there. And, you know, it was just amazing. And just for those young people who performed and for them, that would have been a turning point for them. You know how impressionable our young people are. You know, that sense of pride in culture and language and empowerment. Black excellence back then. No, that's deadly. Still here now. And I've seen, I've seen that clip there, you <laughs> know, with them, them dancers. And one of the things I kind of nerd out on, <laughs> on, on this sometimes, it's, it's kind of the logistics of, of that happening. And I remember talking to, Brother Fred Leone around this in terms of, you know, you've got obviously the world leaders in one room. The security protocols around that is pretty crazy. Can you share with us how did, how did you go from, uh, you know, in that day, take us back to that day in November oh, in 2014 oh to end, ending up behind that curtain side stage. Yeah. It's, it's quite a logistical process. Share with us oh, what yes, that was like. Yeah. So we were at Bangara. So we come in, the actual walkway into the convention started. <laughs> At that footpath outside, you know, and um, so there was. It was all cordoned off. There, you wouldn't see, didn't see any other vehicle going past there, and it was sheltered all the way up to the steps. And uh, so we were walking through. The security was, you know, just full on. And uh, even before we went there, through there, there was all this stuff around. You know, you got to have the criminal history check and the rest of it. I'm like, okay. Anyway, so there were. It was pretty full on. And uh, when we got there, we got. Uh, taken straight to our room where we were getting changed. So everybody was there, Bangara, the two dance group, and um, Amaruti was there. And it just went really well. You know, everyone was like, hey, this is very important moment for us. We're on the world stage, on the international stage. And um, 
after that, it was like things just came easy for us. I think that it was kind of like to showcase, hey, we can run our business, we can do our stuff, we can do our protocols. You know, this is here, Aboriginal land right here. And four years later, of course, with the 2018 Commonwealth Games, and um, I, I remember it was at the uh, one of the launches there. You had one of your dance um, troops you were involved with, mm-hmm. and um, I remember capturing some some stuff for that for you. But again, it was one of those opportunities. Obviously, you know, a big history. You know, Aboriginal rights movement in this country really, particularly in Brisbane, stands from the 82 Commonwealth Games where it was that platform for demonstrating, you know, the the cause of our people, you know, in this country to the worldwide media that were there. And, you know, that ultimately led to, you know, the the, the process in Musgrave mm-hmm. Park and the importance of what, you know, the Indigenous media sector has in terms of using that as a platform to get our voices out there and and somewhat that early journey to the birthplace of um, AAA Murray country here. But and so it was kind of seeing what 2018 Com Games at the Gold Coast was had had that, you know, kind of legacy carry on from, from yes. 82. Yeah, it was a, uh, that was another amazing time. And, uh, just, I've been just so privileged to be present there with our elders as well. And at that particular event, Auntie Lilo, uh, no, Auntie Mary Graham was there. And, um, so we were involved with a lot of, uh, more so in terms of, um, my business with the private events. That in itself was amazing. Like, you know, just have to be, you know, when we talk about our own cultural diplomacy and that comes into play, we know what we've got to do in terms of we've been doing this for a long time. Our cultural diplomacy, working with both Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people coming together and working together and understanding our protocols. And, uh, and if anything, I think may, hopefully that they've learned something from that as well. You know, we've always practiced our protocols which I thought was really, really important to showcase that, you know, in terms of the traditional owners and um, being put on that. You know, that, that would have been a bit of pressure on them as well in, the, in terms of protocols. And this is the first time, you know, the Commonwealth countries, um, the games that was here. But I think that it's really, really grown from there to where we are today, uh, you know, when we're talking about international trades, all these opportunities. And for our listeners out there, if you just tuned in, you are tuned to AAA Murray Country, where my guest today is Aunty Nancy Bamiga, uh, sharing with us her story as an arts practici- uh, practitioner and certainly uh, a well-known and loved uh, member of Brisbane. Hearing some of these stories that, you know, you're sharing, it's, it's, it's wonderful, Nancy, because as I've mentioned before, you know, I've known you in a, in a professional capacity around kind of arts and arts governance over the years, but, you know, the, the, this history of you know, the Brisbane Black scene, um, you know, back in the day. And, and we were just referring to, to Michael Ayer's book, Brisbane Blacks, that, um, was obviously uh, written a number of years ago. And, and, and you've, you've got part of your story in here. Yes. Yes. That was, um, yeah, thank you. And because when we were doing those fashion parades, Michael always seemed to be there at those fashion parades taking pictures. And there was this very first one when the old rotunda, little rotunda outside Hoist used to be there. And then later years, that big rotunda up there outside of Queen Street Mall. So how the city's changed um, in terms of, you know, we kind of like grew in this urban environment, you know. and uh, But still being, you know, that whole thing about keeping strong to who we are, our culture, our language and our protocols. Um, keeping that strong and being able to, um, you know, continue that and uh, but to this day here now. And it's now those ones that were dancing in the mall back then, you know, when we had the gathering program in the Queen Street Mall, 
that was another amazing um, opportunity for all our traditional dance groups at that time. And um, and they, we used to say at that time when we were talking about that prom program, you know, the gathering program and the Black History Month was, you know, nowhere else in Australia except here in Brisbane, Queen Street Mall, you get to see traditional dance groups. Uh, and think about the difference now to where that was at that time. And, you know, some of the yarns we had earlier this week was you know, talking about particularly, you know, w with some of those dance troops, where the young ones, you know, p particularly like Zachariah and that, who, yeah. you know, had yeah. um, bust out into the scene in Clancestry from back in <laughs> 2000 and oh, I think it was, what, 2014 or something like yeah, that. And right. he was this young little, you know, yeah. he's been dancing since he was three years old. That's but that right. was 10 years ago now. And when yeah. you said, oh, we need to update oh, some of that content because yes. he's, oh, he's, you know, yeah. grown up now. But And that kind of led us to, to kind of conversations around where all this is going for the future, you know, them young ones. Exactly, mm. exactly, you know. And, um, uh, you know, I, I must say that we do need our young people. We need to uh, keep our young people strong because they're our future going forward in maintaining our cultural practices and because there's a big bit of a gap there at the moment between uh, young people and us oldies and uh, but you know uh, we got to be also insp inspirational and hopefully inspire our young people to, you know because they got the culture you now they're carrying our DNA they got our our blood running through their veins you know we come from all our ancestors, what they had to go through. We all know this, you know, and um, I just want to remind them that we are strong and we've got to be, you know, uh, keep true to who we are and keep our culture alive and be proud, be proud blackfellas, you know. We, you know, we're talking about our Torres Strait Islander mob, so this, you know, in terms of nationally. And, um, yes, because I've been involved in a few other, other side of the... the um, the boards as well with, um, you know, done some work with Murray Watch and around how we can work with our young people. And that was something that I really took to heart and, you know, you know, protecting them. You know, we, ca you know, we can't protect them from every everything that um, they will learn from for themselves and the time, when the time's right, when they're in the right space. No, mm. absolutely, mm. Auntie Nancy, and um, you know, particularly with that that next generation coming through, mm. eighty eight Expo, you know, twenty fourteen, June twenty, uh, two thousand and eighteen, Com Games. We've got a big one coming up in yes. um, in a little under eight years. Um, the Commonwealth Games again? No, 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 no the big one. About, uh, Olympics. Yeah, again. yeah, twenty thirty two. Oh, look. Here, hear you mob. Listen to me, please. I'm looking for some young people. Sorry, go on, Dave. No, you're right. No, I was, I was going to say, um, yeah, that young we're having early in the week is around, you know, um, get them young ones trained up, you know, and thinking, thinking this long term, yes. you know, kind of vision of, of, you know, you've been, you've been a practitioner in this area for quite a while. Yes. And I guess being part of continuing that, you know, helping shape that into the future. Exactly. Exactly. Look. Um, having worked with a lot of young people and so, you know, um, in terms of maintaining our culture, our cultural practice is really important. And so we've got to, you know, pass it on to our young people and uh, which we're obviously doing and we see a lot of our positive, excellent, um, you know, opportunities, ha you know, happening now for you young people. You know, you're our future and we are, of course, really ambitious for you that you're going to be holding our flags, carrying it, both flags, at the Olympic Games. Think about what you want to do. Dream about what you want to do. Write it down. Hold that dream in your heart. 
because only you can make it true. And we're going to be right behind you, whatever you want to do. Please reach out to us, us elders or, or other young people that are, you know, leaders now that are working in deadly black businesses. And, uh, of course, we want to work with you and make you who you are. You might be behind the radio. There's some young people here today doing some training. Hello. And then we've got all these other opportunities. And, yeah, I'd like to work with a lot of young people in our regional remote areas. No, That's that, how ambitious I am. <laughs> that's totally And I think, too, you know, like what, what's it like for you having seen so much, I guess, change over the years, um, yeah. you know, in, in this space? What have been some of your kind of highlights, you know, through that journey? Uh, well, it's always been our, our young people because of our culture, who we are. You know, for my, for my family, my grandfather and, and them, they moved from Saibai Island back in 1947 to mainland because of the people were getting ready for, with the Americans, mind you, at Mutiens up, at, up in the Cape there, getting ready for the war because we thought that, um, you know, Japan, Japan was coming, but of course that didn't happen. But our people from the Torres Strait Light Infantry were there and they come from Saibai and my, meanwhile they scouted a bit of land for us there up in the Cape and with those traditional owners and a lot of respects to them and, and honouring those ancestors at that time. Sovereignty never ceded. That where we live now is Birmingham because of them. That's deadly, mm. Auntie Nancy. We've got, um, of course, this is Let's Talk Black Excellence and, and mm. you, of course, you know, demonstrate black excellence. What are some of your observations of, of you know, through your career mm. and um, and journey um, of, of other examples of black excellence? Oh, my goodness. I feel that it's all happening today. And if I go to the business side of um, black businesses here, here in Brisbane, there's a lot of us now. You know, we've got a big network and we've also got international action happening, you know, with those... Um, you know, treaties and agreements with other nations and uh, opportunities that are happening for us here on our own land and country, wherever we are. And, you know, it's, um, you know, you can basically choose what you want to do and focus on that dream, what it is that you want to achieve. There's opportunities. Never think that there's nothing. Always there within your own location and within your own community. Um we are now at that peak, that journey where, where it started, I was talking about. Coming from uh, Bamiga, you know, it was a, a community which, you know, that community where we had, uh, uh, you know, working for nothing, you know, we never got anything. My dad was part of, the, uh, you know, getting the telegraph road happening and being a drover back then. And I think about him, and which is really sad for me, is because he passed when he was 40. And I feel that um, we've kind of like outlived him, but we've done what he wanted us to, to have access to. It's always this thing about access and equity, access to good education, good jobs. And that's what he had for us. And, uh, and unfortunately, he passed away in 1974, 75. And, um, and my grandmother, I was brought up by my grandmother. I was in the bed with her when she passed away. So I think it's just how what the, the impact they have on us when you were young. You know, you can't kind of like help but want to live the dream that, that they dreamt for us. 
Um, thanks for sharing that, Auntie, Auntie Nancy. And, and that, of course, carries through those cultural responsibilities and obligations, you know, yeah. carry through today because of, you know, where, where you're at now and, mm. and, and what you need to do to carry that forward yes. now. Yeah, so going forward for our community here in Brisbane, um, fairly soon we're going to have our language classes here. From uh, So Kalakaoya, which is the language I speak from Top Western Torres Strait, uh, we'll be um, running some classes, but with, uh, within the family environment. And so I'm really looking forward to our young people here in the urban setting taking up those languages. Because you know what? You can't sing that song can't practice what you need to practice. We've got to keep our language. That's part of our DNA. That's a part of our clans, who we are, our totems and all. And I guess that mm. connection back to, you know, the homelands, you know, Saibai, yeah. to, to, you know, practice and live that down in here in mm. Brisbane. And I think, too, I mean, you've been such a strong, you know, pillar of the community here to ensure that, you know, Torres Strait Islander voices um, and that representation exists. You know, within yeah, within yeah. the sector across the board. You know, yeah. on 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 mainland Australia. Yes, and and uh, uh, that wouldn't be happening uh, without our local uh, Torres Strait Islander elders here, our local Aboriginal elders here, because they hold me accountable. You know, the, to make sure that we are. Um, doing the right thing in, in everything that we do. One can't exist without the other. So we're in, in this together. No, that's mm. deadly, mm. Annie Nancy. And, you know, I've, I've, we've, we've had the pleasure of having, you know, Brother Murray Saylor on, on the mm. show and um, mm. Brother Kevy O'Brien and, and, you know, having those perspectives from, from a mm. Torres Strait Islander, you know, based mm. here in the community of Brisbane, it's, it's great hearing their stories and ensuring mm. that, you know, that's that, um, that representation that exists here, you know, because it's important. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, we've got... Um a lot of um, young people that are coming down here to pursue what they want, some young people at ACPA, some, you know, uh, other young people are coming to, like, on scholarships down here. Uh, but we need to look after all our young people, you know. There needs to be, um, you know, only we can come up with those solutions for them as well to work with them. No, absolutely, Aunty Nancy. And if you've just tuned in, you are listening to Let's Talk a Black Excellence with my deadly host in the studio today, um, Aunty Nancy Bamiga. Uh, our final thoughts today, um, Aunty Nancy, we want to paint a picture. You know, we talked about eight years' time, Brisbane 2032 Olympics. Paint us a picture in the future. You know, what are your hopes? What are your kind of, you know, observations and, and hopes and aspirations for the future? Well, I feel that um, with our young people, and it's happening now, but it's going to be more mainstream in terms of what I mean is uh, we're going to be immersed in it, that change. We're talking about global change, and we see that happening now with our people on the streets marching and where we are now. So it's very much a global kind of like, you know, um, you know pulse, you know, there's uh, this... This whole thing, there's a change coming. There's a change coming. I see our mob everywhere. I see our mob flying. That Ballaringi airline, <laughs> all our black pilots that are around, I know there's a few that are out there working in that space. And um, and that we're now very much infiltrated where we needed to be in terms of education. And there's a lot of opportunities there for our young people, do you know? 
We've already been to the moon, not us, but that other mob over there. Um, there's a lot of opportunities. Only you know, you can dream what you want to do. Only you can make it true. Don't stand back there, somebody else taking, um, telling you what to do. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but dream, dream the dream where you want to be. Uh, that's some some deadly wise words from uh, Auntie Nancy Bamiga. Yeah, to to wrap it up, any any final thoughts or or, or words you'd like to share with our well, listeners? You know, I always tell my family members to now we're going to do a bit of goal setting. <laughs> Okay, let's break it up. Ten years from now, what sort of school you're going to? What sort of studies you're doing? What sort of good habits have you got? That's to guide you on along the way. Type down what you want to be and get there. You'll be there when the nine years come around. Those children, our grandchildren, might be there running the whatever, the new Cassie Freeman or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, um, Aunty Nancy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio today. A pleasure as always and really yeah. loved yeah, having a yarn with you. And for those of you who know Aunty Nancy um, out there in the community and haven't heard you know, some of her story, I hope you've really enjoyed it as much as I have. But, yeah, a, a big SO, Aunty Nancy. Yeah, look, you know, even I had to change. You know, we had a lot of those, uh, you know, live events, you know, we were doing that. And this is where had to, Bamiga Productions had to do a pivot. And now we're doing a lot of, a whole lot of... Uh, multimedia kind of stuff and online and uh, we had to do Sydney Opera House the, the first time when that happened when COVID happened so we know that impacted on us and we know before that back in Aboriginal Creation State it was the GST a lot of our people fell off the wagon because you know they couldn't, just couldn't cope with that make that change but hey we got there look at look at here now today you know we're strong people we can do what we want to do and achieve what we want to achieve that's deadly. Thanks very much, Aunty Nancy. No more whispering in our mind. Let's talk Monday to Friday at 9 a.m. on AAA Murray Country, the National Indigenous Radio Service, and iHeart Radio. You can catch up on AAA.org.au. Proudly supported by the Community Broadcast Foundation.